Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. It is my great pleasure today to announce to you a new and additional sponsor for our program. Tyler Kane is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he is a senior loan officer for Fairway Independent Mortgage. Tyler and his team have extensive knowledge of the mortgage industry, and their dedication has made them a trusted partner for many wonderful families. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to refinance or talk about future home ownership goals, Tyler and his team are here to guide you every step of the way. We've included a link to their website in the show notes, or you can reach Tyler directly at 813-380-8487. Thank you so much for listening today. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back today. So I would love to open by telling you that I am next level excited about this topic and can't wait to share it with you. And all of that would be true, but there's a little something else going on with this today. It wasn't as much a recent discovery that got me excited to try things and tell you about them. It was more like a recent realization that kind of took my legs out from under me. Have you ever felt that you're reading something or thinking through something And all of a sudden, it just connects with your life or your struggles and takes you to your knees. Well, that's probably the best way to describe things today. And that's why I didn't just run up here and record it out of excitement. I've actually taken a couple of days to try to figure out, all right, what exactly is this going to mean for my life? Do I understand that there are costs associated with this? And is this truth so profound and accurate that I am ready to pay those costs for its sake? I believe the answer is yes for me and maybe for you also. So here's a little setup for where we're going. I started the year reading Love Does by a man named Bob Goff. So I've actually talked about him before in an episode a couple of years ago. He is a really interesting guy. He's an attorney in California, a humanitarian. He's a man of faith. He's traveled around the world helping people. He's delivered kids in Uganda by the dozens from unjust judicial systems and all kinds of abuse. The premise for Bob Goff's life is love doesn't just feel, love does. So his book, Love Does, is a compilation of maybe 30 stories from his life, and they're just uplifting and useful, and I really enjoyed the read. And in fact, there is one story from that book that struck me immediately and has become really useful moving forward, and the intent today was to record that story for you But then, a couple of days ago, I started in on his second book. In 2018, he wrote his second offering titled Everybody Always. And I'm about halfway through it, and I'm really enjoying it as well. It carries forward the concept that love does, but it challenges us to really expand the scope of what is possible on that by teaching us that we need to love everybody always. So from there, we zoom in on today's content. Chapter seven in that second book is called A Day at the Museum. And it starts off like most of the chapters in his books do with some experience that he had. In this case, he was in Washington, D.C., and he visited a local wax museum with his kids. And what started as one of his least eventful stories has left the deepest impact on me And I'm really looking forward to opening up and sharing some of that with you today. I need to tell you here on the front end, when we get near the end of this, I'm going to be a little bit more personal and transparent than usual about a rather discouraging sequence of events that have happened this year and how this chapter and these ideas are helping me deal with it. But let's start with Bob's work and then move our way forward. Here's something kind of funny as we get going. You know something I don't know. You know the title of this week's ESM episode, and I do not. 
I mean, I couldn't call it a day at the museum because that's his experience, not mine, and of course, it's more than three words. But at the end of the chapter, he ends with four short sentences that are all three words apiece, and each one of them is awesome. Lose the wax, don't fake it, sync it up, and go be you. Two of those have to do with the narrative story of the chapter, losing the wax and syncing it up. More on that in a minute. And the other two are really just the application of those ideas, don't fake it and go be you. You know, at the end of every episode, I like to say the three-word title to finish, so while you already know where that's going, I'll just see what happens when we get there. But regardless of which we choose, I think you get the idea. We just have to be our authentic selves. Whoever you are, based on your heart, your study, your beliefs, your conscience, it is important for you to honor that. We're not saying those things are always right. We're certainly not saying that those things won't grow and change over time. But in the meantime, if your heart tells you one thing, but out of fear or pressure or something outside of yourself, you will not honor that. You create this kind of cognitive dissonance in your mind where what you believe and feel and want to do is disconnected from what you actually do. Now, I get that sometimes we have to be careful with that. Maybe I believe something or understand something, but if I do it right here in this room, it will offend or trouble the people around me, and I may need to be cautious. But I'm talking about something a little bit more ongoing and systemic, where you strike some pose in the presence of others that is acceptable, that fits, that makes it easier on them, but it is not in any way consistent with what is right to you, particularly with you and your walk with God. So the story Bob told leading into that is pretty basic. He was dressed in a suit and a trench coat, looked very professional and senator-like, and they were in a particular part of the museum where there were modern-day politicians and things represented in wax form. So he just decided to strike a pose next to them and hold still. And two ladies came by and they walked right up to him and pulled the little whiskers on his mustache. One of them commenting how real he looked, licked her finger and rubbed it on his cheek. And in one of his funnier lines of all of his books, he said, you know, I just held still and let it happen because I'm a lawyer. And I knew that any sudden movement might cause one of them a heart attack and then they would own my home. So he waited for them to walk a ways away, but when they glanced back, he waved at them and mouthed the words, I'm not wax. He said one of the ladies just froze and dropped her purse, and all three of his kids went running for the car. They didn't want any part of it, which made me laugh because there have been similar instances in my life with my kids also. But from that story, Bob said this. He said, most of us have been posers at one time or another, if we're honest. People who are becoming love stop faking it about who they are and where they are in their lives and in their faith. He talks about pretending to be someone that you aren't, which isn't usually done for malicious reasons, at least not you and me. Instead, it's done for other reasons, usually, I think, having to do with acceptance. If I strike this pose, then others will say that's exactly what we want Chris to be. If I strike just the right kind of pose, here's a pride element, it will draw the right kind of people to me, and they will be impressed. And listen, again, I'm all for making some personal compromises to fit into a given scenario for the benefit of others. 
And as a preacher and teacher, I've had to be cautious about how much of myself to share. I don't want my shortcomings to get in the way of the message. But I think you know I'm talking about something quite different than just common courtesy or going along to get along. I'm talking about telling my conscience that it doesn't matter for the sake of what other people want me to be. I'm talking about believing something, let's say something pertaining to God that maybe I have studied and read and thought through and I'm passionate about, but it just doesn't fit the way others want to think. It creates challenges and difficulties for others that they don't want to deal with. So the pressure is, for me and maybe for you, just strike the pose. Just be what we need you to be. Now, I think we should follow this up and say, it may be a situation where my conscience is wrong or an outlier, and I need to be really careful with that because of others that I know and care about are like, look, your authentic self is not what God wants you to be. We're telling you there's a better way. I need to think about that and study it and talk to those people and pray about it. But it is also crucial to know that God has given us a conscience that is shaped by prayer and the spirit and the word and all of the ways that he works. And at some point, the pose that you strike for public consumption can be detrimental to it. And the Bible talks about how dangerous that can be with God. And so from there comes two possible titles for the episode, Let's Lose the Wax, and when it comes to what really matters to you, don't fake it. So moving forward in his chapter, he talked about a lot of different things I can't get to today. I remember him discussing Ananias and Sapphira. Do you remember them in the book of Acts? They probably wanted some of the notoriety that Barnabas had, but they just were not where he was. They tried to represent themselves as something that they weren't, as someone better than they were. They agreed to sell all of their property and give it away, but that's not where their heart was yet. And what's interesting is if they'd just been honest about that and said, hey, we would love to give half of our goods away, everything would have been fine. But projecting themselves as more than they were ended up causing them to lie to the Holy Spirit and lose their lives. This has caused me to take a fresh look at those two. I think I've always kind of seen them as fairly unfaithful people. They told God they'd do this big thing and then they didn't do it. But I don't know. You have to at least acknowledge the fact that they were a part of God's body and they were giving away the money, most all of it, for their land. That's more than most of us have ever done. The problem, though, is there was just this gap between who they really were and what they said they were, and God considered that deception. So I'm personally becoming very sensitive about that, and that's kind of what I'm asking you to think through today. It could be better, worse, or just different. Let me explain briefly. Maybe for the approval of others, you pose as better than you really are, but that's so dangerous. It's deceptive, and it keeps you from being honest and truly growing. Maybe you represent yourself to others as less than you really are, out of self-esteem issues, or just to fit in. Or maybe we just fall victim to representing ourselves a little bit different than we really are. And it can become really easy to justify that, but oftentimes it just becomes a form of unintended deception. Maybe I say, okay, yeah, I'm right there with you on this, because I know it's what works and what is the most acceptable. And yet on the inside, I'm thinking, that's not what God is showing me. I need consistency there. Carefulness, wisdom, but integrity and honesty. And I don't want to make this about other people at all, but just keep in mind that if you want people to be honest about what they really believe and think, 
If you're genuinely interested in where their conscience is so that you can either accept that or help them change it, you have to create a safe place for people to be honest. Not every disagreement or varied idea is the end of the universe, but if the other person perceives that, they'll just strike the wax pose so that everything is fine, but in reality, continued conduct like that just makes things worse. Connected to this, there was a small section in that chapter that talked about movies and how before a scene begins, they snap that checkered wooden thing that makes the noise. Have you seen that? The purpose for that is so that editors later can make sure that they sync up the audio and the video for that given scene. I mean, I don't know about you, but if you've ever watched a show where the audio and video were out of sync, like you snap that thing and it makes the noise a second later, that is very annoying to watch. We use VidAngel at home to edit out stuff on Netflix and other programs, but it usually creates this like half-second difference between audio and video. And while that's a sacrifice we're more than willing to make, it is never not annoying. Well, that's where the third little sentence comes and potential title for the episode at the end of the chapter when he said, lose the wax, don't fake it, sync it up. Sync up what you believe and what you say. Sync up. What you desire and feel, certainly having consulted with the Lord and seeking to do His will, sync that up with the choices that you make. Here's a really cool application of that. Before I got here today to record, I spent a couple of hours with some Christian men talking through the cost of discipleship. And we were trying to figure out, what is the cost of discipleship? How do I know what I need to do next? What kind of changes are necessary? And one of the things we noted is, no one can really tell you that. A preacher can't get up and say, here's what you need to do, go do it, and then you just sink your life to it. You really can't even, in the long term, just observe others and imitate them. You can do it occasionally, but syncing up who you are with who they are is not exactly the plan. It turns out that within each person, within you, within me, there are two things, what you feel and believe and what you're doing. When those things are synced up, you are being the best person, neighbor, Christian, servant you can be. Over time, you'll learn things. You may learn a better way to do things and you'll do it. You may change the way you feel about things or what you believe and then react to it. You will grow and you will change, but your mind and your body, your heart and your deeds will always move together. At least that's the ideal, but that is not always true in my life. When I think about the cost of discipleship and changes that I need to make, it turns out in my heart, I already know what I want to be. I know what's important. I know what God wants. I know what's right. Then I look at my life and I see where it's not coming to fruition. Why is that? Well, I'm working through it on my end and you'll have to do so on yours, but there's certainly things like fear and risk and what other people will think and what it might mean for my future that have often held me back. It is time to sync it up. And maybe that works both ways. Maybe I need to change the way I think and feel and believe to match the deeds I'm already doing. But for me, it's usually the other way around. Just know that fear of every type can cause you to just strike that pose so everybody accepts what you're doing, or in our second illustration, to watch the movie with the audio and video just a little off. But it's better than nothing, right? Well, if you're talking about a movie, yes. If you're talking about your life, I'm not so sure. So let me wrap this up by sharing with you some things from my life this year. I'll be purposefully careful and generic with it, but I want you to see how today's message and study has begun to benefit my life, even through some kind of troubling times. 
So recently, I agreed to go and do something for someone else, something that I believe to be good and godly. As that opportunity approached, there were some other people who found out about it and did not agree with that decision. So before too long after that, quite a few people knew about that and were equally upset. So they began to reach out to me and tell me why it was the wrong thing for me to do and why I shouldn't do it. It was very difficult and emotional, but what I tried to do was weigh out all of the people involved, all of whom I believe to be good people, and all of whom I'd love to help, and none of whom I seek to openly offend, and just kind of navigate the best possible path. I tried an idea or two to kind of accommodate and compromise where I could continue to carry out what I said that I would do for someone and honestly honor what my conscience believed to be right, while at the same time trying to ease the tension and bring peace with those who were against it. And that did not work. For those who disapproved of what my heart was telling me was right, they were adamant that there was only one course of action, and it was to walk away. So I really spent a long and difficult day in prayer about that, trying to get back to God and just see what he would have me do and walk through what Jesus would do and all of those things. And I was really settling in on the fact that I think Jesus would do this. But there were some nagging issues from those previous conversations. It was mentioned how if I go through with this, it will bring trouble on the people that I love and problems will follow me and them throughout the rest of the year. And that really hit close to home. So at that point, it felt like needing to make the sacrifice of what I thought I should do in order to protect the people I care about. So with tears involved, I reached out to that first person and said, I'm not going to be able to do this. By the way, all of this came to a head on Monday, January 15th, one week before the Blue Monday, the most depressing day of the year that I shared with you a couple of weeks back. But it was, for me, maybe the worst day in memory. Well, after that, things settled a little bit. I faced a consequence or two for even almost doing the thing that I wanted to do. But it led to very healthy conversations with the people that I love the most, and I think there were some positive outcomes. Except for this nagging anger I can't release. And it was really weird for a while figuring out what that was about. I mean, I'm not angry that I made the decision not to go and do that thing. Because they ultimately did understand, and it was to protect the people I cared about. And honestly, I'm not angry at those who were against what I was doing. Some of their points were needful, some of it I didn't agree with, but they're people operating within what their consciences deem right. And I think you just have to have some respect for that. But that's kind of the thing. They got to say and do what they were feeling with perfect alignment, and it put me in a position where I didn't. And I think that's been the source of my frustration. It's been within me. That though I believed one thing, I succumbed to outside pressure and did something different. And then expecting that somehow that was just all going to feel okay. So what I have to be careful of is just clapping back and doing what I want to do now. That's not the point today. I've had to read and pray and think and converse with faithful people that I trust just to kind of see if my conscience is in the right place, if what I desired to do was right. And I would advise you to do that too. No matter how this episode is hitting you, I didn't give you many specifics today because I figured like me, you can reach into your life and pretty easily find some gap between what you desire and feel and what you've been doing. And I trust that you will give that over to the Lord in prayer and reading and thought and by talking to people that you trust who you know love God. But if after that, that's where your conscience is, 
whether it's something like my story or something positive you know you need to reach out and do like being more hospitable or something negative that you know that you need to give up. Stop posing and sync it up. And so that's what I've been working through. If my convictions remain the same through all of this, then I need to find a way to honor them, don't I? In fact, if it's a conscience for something or against something that I'm convinced has been shaped by the will of God, maybe that's more than just a yellow light to proceed with caution. Maybe it's a green light saying, you must. Listen, let's lose the wax. Let's don't fake it. Those are not going to be the episode titles today. Let's grow in discipleship by finding gaps between what matters to you and what you're doing, and let's you and I go out and sync it up, which is a cool idea that is also not the title today. In the end, no matter what it is, with as much wisdom and humility as you can put with it, combined with faithfulness and the will to please God, go be you. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this program, will you share it with someone you care about? One thing I've learned over the years is the best way for the program to grow is for friends to tell people how valuable it's been for them. Speaking of friends, let me once again commend you to give John Cunningham a call. He and his team have a wide variety of tools to help you use your present budget and life to build towards a more secure and hopeful financial future. Once again, you can reach him at 205-326-7364. And always remember, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.